Welcome to the Front End Coffee Break. This is episode, what, 19? Recorded somewhere in July. I don't know when this is going live, but it's really, really hot in Barcelona. <laughs> uh, my name is Ricardo Torres, and with me, as usual, Chucho Castaneda. How are you, sir? Hello. As you said, it's quite uh, hot in Barcelona, so I'm sweating uh, for the most part. But, well, at least we have um, fans that can... Sh- can be turned on when not when when we are not recording. And yes. Right now, my AC is <laughs> off, <laughs> fan is off, just for you guys, the listeners or the viewers. Uh, remember that we also have a YouTube channel. So mm. if you're listening, and you want to see our faces, just go to YouTube, look for Content Centric, and we are there. So, what's the topic for today, Chucho? Uh, the topic for today is a topic that we've talked about for some time. It's 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 quite uh, <laughs> popular. It's now it's mobile first development or mobile first development in 2023. We're just going to discuss, I think, a little bit about um, our experience working yeah. with mobile development, how it has evolved throughout the years, at least uh, trying to remember a few things there. And yeah, just discuss if there's any tips or any anything regarding uh, of how we do it. That will be, I guess, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mobile first is something you and I have been like, sort of advocating and also like asking in all our front and technical interviews that we do oh, here yes. it's always at some point when we move from html to css we ask okay uh, tell me more about from, um, mobile first uh, why oh and um, all those yes it's very hot um and all those things so so yeah um when you like when somebody asks you mobile first what's the first thing that comes to mind yes well, um, for me, it's of course, uh, after having working with this, which I only started working once I joined uh, Cogis and Netcentric when it was back um, Netcentric, um, it's yes, please, it's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I tell you, uh, Chucho, good morning, uh, mobile first. Good morning. Yes, please. Yes, yes please. please. You give me two to go with a little bit of sugar. Nice. No, but um, what do you mean exactly about this? I mean, I, I think it is a way to go. If you want to have a responsive website, definitely mobile first is the first thing that you need to go. But I, I'm I, I'm very surprised that when you ask this question, we usually get very different types of, of answers. I um, One of the most typical ones that I've heard is like, well, it depends. Uh, are the users using more the desktop or the, are the users using more the, the, the mobile? That's usually the, the the first people that the the first thing that people uh, ask back, and it's not an invalid answer, right? No, I no, mean, no, no, if, no, no. If you're working on a internet portal which has no access to the internet, your users are may, maybe a, like I know a service center, a support center where they use only desktop devices. Sure, why invest the money on on going mobile first or even like testing on mobile, right? So it's not 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 incorrect to answer that. Well, and, th- and this is something very important um, that you say, even though I said, yeah, mobile first, yes, please. It is very important that you only need to invest on this if it makes sense, as you say. It doesn't make any sense to do a mobile first or a responsive website if you know that 100% of your users are going to be u- using one or the other. And um, as a follow-up, when they tell me this, I usually say, well, imagine that 80% or 60% of your people are using the desktop and the rest are using the mobile. And usually the answer they give us is, well, desktop first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't agree. I mean, I think it, you, you got to see the trends, right? So if you see the global market usage, whatever, every year and every year we see more and more mobile usage, right? And for me, 
doesn't make sense. Even if right now your website has maybe 50, 50 or 40, 60, I don't, I don't care. Uh, that's going to change. I mean, the markets are going there. Everybody's going more and more uh, phones and, you know, third world countries, all, all those people are, are getting also all devices. So it makes sense to have your product or your site be more future-proof. Well, yeah, and it's not really that much more of an effort to to do it. And funny enough, uh, this is something that I was reading some time ago, and people were saying or criticizing, and this is, might be a little bit of polemic. Polemic? Controversial. Controversial. And they were saying, um, I cannot believe that this person doesn't has, does, doesn't have, is homeless, but still they have a phone. Um, it happens. It, it happens. happens. And for example, in China, if I'm not mistaken, there's some people begging on the street, asking for money. And when people say, no, I don't have money, they have the, if I'm not mistaken, a QR code for the, don't remember what, what is the like app. that Some is. sort of online payment, right? Yeah. yeah. So oh, that yeah. you can actually give them money through the phone. I mean, it is something that is so ubiquitous right now. Like the, the mobile device, as you say, the trend is that a lot, a lot of the, of of our uh, surfing, web surfing is done by the phone and uh, even more so it's going to be like this uh, throughout time. So it makes sense to, unless you you know that you don't need it to do, to work on a, on a mobile responsive uh, website. Mm-hmm. So why would you say, Ricardo, that it's better to do a mobile first approach when you, well, first, for those that don't really know exactly what is mobile first and desktop first, what would the definition of these be? Wow, I mean, there's so many dimensions when you say mobile first. Like, like I was thinking before, for me, when I hear mobile first, I don't know why, but my brain always thinks about CSS media queries, right? And I know that that's not the only thing that you get to consider when you go mm-hmm. mobile first, but that, that's that's what my brain thinks about. Okay, I'm going to do my media queries in a way that um, first they're going to render for uh, mobile, and then uh, you will say, okay, uh, from this width uh, onwards, upwards, uh, you will do desktop. So in that way, you're not overwriting as much, right? You go from small to big and, and really when you compare the two code bases, it's much, much more easier to understand and less uh, prone if you go mobile first. Yeah. The definition, I don't know what, what would you say to <laughs> the definition. Well, that I w- as, as you say, just the basic definition is that when you develop, you develop with the, the, the mobile, the, the device in this in this case, either whether, whether you use mobile or desktop first, you developed first for that uh, device or breakpoint or screen size, and then you adjust, just like a progressive enhancement uh, philosophy, you adjust to support the other one. You make it responsive, but, but choosing one of the, the two sizes. So what does this what this means is, for example, if you have a font that makes that is smaller in, in bigger screens, then you first write the base CSS in a big font, and then you use media queries, for example, to make the font uh, smaller, the moment that you that you change, uh, when you have a bigger uh, breakpoint, you have a bigger screen, uh, so you override the original, the the mobile the definition. And when you go for on a desktop first, is the other way around. You, for example, start with the definition of a small font, and then we using media queries, you override that uh, size font size for the mobile device. So that would be the the, the approach. In in my experience, it's usually better for mobile first. I don't know if you've had the same experience regarding this, like first defining the styles or whatever you're working on for a, for a phone or a mobile device, a smaller screen, and then adjusting it to work on a bigger screen. 
Yeah, I think at least for like doing the layout for me, it's it's it feels more easier organic to create a layout uh, or design for for mobile. And then when you just go big, it's just you know probably just a stretching stuff rather than trying to oh I'm going from multiple columns to a small things rearranging uh, elements on the page. Uh, yeah, it feels more natural to me to go mobile first, to be honest. And um, not only that, it's in my experience also you you write less code. Yeah. Um, usually yeah. you need to override less things when you're going from mobile to desktop than the other way around because there's there's as you say the, the layouts are more complex so you have to reset sometimes the 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 styles to go back to the to the mobile and, that, and that's basically for me the the, 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 sell, the big selling point if you need to have a responsive website a, a website that adapts to the user's screen it's better to start small because usually there it's small it's way simpler. And then as you and then adjust as you as you stretch up or yeah <laughs> so besides css i mean what else would you uh, consider like also thinking about mobile first what what other stuff could you do in you know, html or javascript or other stuff that says okay this is a mobile first strategy or mobile first optimization well uh, that would be um javascript would be one of the the next things uh, that i would uh, think of Especially because I've, um, depending on how complex, for example, let's talk about components. Depending on how complex the components that you're working with, uh, usually the, for the, the for the desktop, they tend to be way more complex. So in JavaScript, um, once again, you develop the most simple functions, and then when you go to to mobile, you have a JavaScript that is constantly looking, let's say, or, or just triggers a response like, "Oh, you've changed uh, the what we call the breakpoints." You know, you moved on from mobile to desktop or to tablet. And then you need to adjust some things. Although, in my experience, most of the time it's not big adjustments. But for example, menus. Um, I'm actually currently working on a menu that is the same menu, mobile and desktop. And it behaves differently when it's one or the other. So um, we have a basically just a trigger that the moment that it changes, you have to adjust a few things. Like, oh, I have to make sure that the menu is closed. Oh, I have to make sure that this is like this. You change the state, you reset the state maybe. And then hiding, showing stuff to just to prepare the component to be visible in one or the other uh, break. You're right. Definitely having like some sort of event listeners on 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 the on the page on resize or something like that. To it, it's expensive. Like I think adding all, all of these events, uh, uh, it's expensive in terms of um, computing power. But but yeah, if it's needed, uh, you gotta do it. I think um, the better strategy would be to get in the discussion before that it's set in stone and go with the design agency and say, hey, can we just, you know, not rearrange the stuff, not create new elements if it's desktop. Let's try to use the same things, but just, you know, using position, using flex, using order. You can move stuff rather easily with CSS uh, and you don't need uh, as much uh, JavaScript to do that. Definitely. I was also thinking about JavaScript in terms of, okay, maybe if you go more first and you're really strict, you okay. would think about offline mode. You would think about storing stuff for the you know the subway or things like that, and then if you're desktop, you don't do that because you don't care about the connection because you know okay it's a fiber connection. Yeah, but th th this is interesting that um, the irony of adding you know when you're going on a mobile device or you're thinking about uh, development for mo mobile device, one of the most important things to take into account is performance, yeah, especially in devices because not everyone's using a, a, a premium device, not everyone's using the latest uh, iPhone or Android or whatever. But uh, most people actually don't use these devices as much as, as popular as they are. Most people don't use them, or if they use them, they're very old. So you have to take that into account. You have to take performance into account. And just 
thinking about adding additional JavaScript, you know, in order to handle the the offline mode and these kind of things, does sound a little bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? True, right? I mean, more JavaScript means slower page loading or rendering or all those core vitals that we talked about on episode, was it 17? Um, so, so, so yeah, the, but still, I mean, it's an improvement for mobile, no? I mean, you can detect, detect if it's a slow connection, maybe uh, rather than downloading all the images, don't download them or, or you know, have more rather than, I don't know, stuff that happens on the background, just force it to be user interaction. If the user really clicks there or scrolls there, then we trigger some sort of download to, from assets rather than, you know, having everything free for all uh, downloading and then it's four megabytes, even if it's lazy loaded, right? Because even if it's lazy loaded, on mobile, you don't want to do that. People pay for for gigabytes on, on the mobile connection, so it's not. And, and how about um, SPAs? I mean, with Angular, React, or other frameworks, that the idea is that you download the entire application, the entire site, or the entire or most of the functionality there. Um, it is a bigger JavaScript file, but it does handle the when you click on a because yeah, it's a loading, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but they do to try to make it look. Um, and part of the of the things that they try to achieve with the SPAs is supposed to, be, especially on mobile phones, is to have this experience like a uh, mobile app that you have the app, and when you when you have the app, you have everything in the app there, and you just uh, click and you have an immediate response because it doesn't always go to the to to fetch some information from internet. Yeah, but you see right now now there's the, there's this uh, CSS transition API which makes it look like uh, on a website that you, it's like an, a, a native app or PowerPoint. Like you can just click a link and just adding a few lines of CSS, one line of, I think it's one line of CSS. And if you want to do it with JavaScript, it's just two lines. And then mm. you have a full page transition, even if it's a regular page, but it doesn't look like it. So if you're going for mobile first, you don't have to go SPA. SPAs are not really like needed for, <laughs> for mobile first optimization. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Oh, and this one, I've never worked with this, uh, with this new, because this is a, uh, something relatively new. Isn't it's super it? new. I, th- I think it's not yet in stable increments uh, behind the flag. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever tried it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And locally you can uh, enable the flag and then try it out. And it's, I'm, I'm again, I'm blown away by how easy <laughs> it is. I, I'm, really, it's just one line, one line. And I mean, if you want to do more granular approach, like, okay, let, let's say I have a, thumb, a video thumbnail or when you click on it, it will expand to the next page. Then, then it's, it's a little bit more complex. You have to actually target that element and say, hey, this element is going to transition. Uh, but if you want like full page, like an SPA or regular mobile app, one liner, you're done. And the browser takes care of everything. It's it's amazing. Well, then this is one of the things that we've <clears throat> over and over discussed. And, and it's so true that um, when we're working on creating, well, um, creating whatever, websites or applications, web apps or, or whatever, we suddenly find ourselves in situations it's like, oh, I'd like to do this, but there's no n- natural way of doing it. So you end up doing it yourself. Like, for example, well, um, just something that comes into mind very recently, data binding and the the library that you created uh, in order to actually incorporate data binding in, a, in an easy way to uh, any project in vanilla way. And this is uh, something that, for example, someone said, oh, I'd love to have data binding. They create a framework with data binding, but it's like huge thing. And right now you actually need to implement this. You need to use a library. But eventually this is something that I I think it's so essential. Um, There's a few ways to do data binding in a natural way with JavaScript, but it's not that straightforward. And I'm still surprised that we don't have any data binding API or something like this that would be simple, simple, simple already. Eventually. Eventually. And what I'm trying to say is that 
we find these uses, we find these needs when, we're, when we create solutions for it, huge solutions, lazy loading being also one of them that until very recently, well, fairly recently, we had to implement the lazy loading ourselves. And now you just put uh, lazy loaded as an attribute and boom, the image is lazy loaded and it's fantastic. And this transitioning thing, is, it's just one more, one more uh, example of something that people are, uh, like to use because they say, okay, you're using a phone, a lot of the phone, the things that you got are initially, well, not initially, a lot of the things that you use your phone with uh, with applications. I want a similar experience. Well, here you go. One lighter and you have a... Yeah, PowerPoint, basically. PowerPoint. That's fantastic. <laughs> so we, I think you and I are very like keen or or focused or or in love with like responsive design, right? We want that and we I think that's what we will go for. But you also see nowadays uh, still lots of sites that they have another site, uh, uh, twin site, the sibling site with a subdomain called maybe mobile dot something or m dot something. That's something you see that uh, if, oh my goodness, what is that book? The book is called... I'll tell you about this is uh, Mobile Ulitin uh, by Jacob Nielsen and Raluca Budiu. I'll tell you a little bit about it because it goes, if I'm not mistaken, if I didn't mess up my books, it goes in the direction that you're saying. Please okay. continue. So yes. <laughs> so so definitely then there are some approaches, architecture pro- approaches that simply, they say, okay, I'm going to have one code base that's going to be all desktop. So the main site, dab.google.com. And then I'm going to have a mobile optimized version that only has the HTML for mobile, the CSS for mobile, JavaScript mobile, it's going to be in a subdomain, maybe m.google.com, right? Hmm. And and you see that I, I saw it yesterday with two airlines actually and I, and I was very surprised to see big big companies with big websites choosing this approach rather than you know maybe monorepo with a uh, single code base that it's you know optimized uh, on the fly let's say with responsive design what's your take well my take is that originally i i was reading I've, i'm a big fan of jacob nielsen and i've read uh, uh it's my i have a bit of a love for usability in ux and so on and so forth for many years right now of course i do not work on that but it's something like a, I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure, but it is something that I love to do. I just love uh, usability. And I remember that many years ago, I bought, I've been buying a couple of books uh, of his and talking about mobile, precisely about the future of mobile uh, usability and this, this kind of things. And one thing that that caught my attention, he it, it was that at, at one point he was saying, I, I would need to go back and and reread it to get the the entire uh, thing uh, fresh, but. One thing that he was saying is that he's thought that the best strategy that you could have would have precisely a mobile-only dedicated website because that would give you the best UX experience. Why? Because um, you have very limited, um, how's it called, um, real estate in your screen. So and you have to use it uh, the best way possible. And sometimes, although... The idea behind uh, a phone and a desktop version should be that you should be able to do more, more or less the same things. You re- you're very limited by the phone, and you shouldn't just add all the things that you have in the desktop. And the, the best way to, to to provide this experience would be without uh, making it too complex, would be to have a mobile dedicated website that only do things that you need to do in the mobile or simplifies it for the mobile. And then you have the big uh, desktop uh, site that is way more complex that you have all the bells and whistles and you work on that. That He said that, is, if I remember correctly, the idea would be to go in this direction. On the downside, you have the problem that you have to um, support or maintain two different websites. And that is expensive. And that's one of the things that he said, okay, it's expensive if you have the money because you, that you can maintain both, go for it. 
but if not, then you should only go for for um, the responsive uh, version. And um, as you say, there's there's companies that that take this into heart. Google itself, at one point, I don't know right now if they do it anymore because I haven't looked at at, at it. But if you look in Google, if you were using a mobile phone, you were on a if I'm not mistaken, a mobile version of Google. And right, it was like desktop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, uh, I'm with you that performance-wise, surely it's more performant to have a dedicated site where you are only shipping to the client the only essentials for the mobile, right? So yes. that, that's definitely better, uh, smaller payload, faster rendering, all those things. But then, uh, like, uh, when it comes to development, uh, I'm thinking the cost is exponential, right? I mean, y- you got to develop... In the, it depends. I mean, if the requirement is I want a one-to-one, I want to have the same functionality mobile and desktop, mm-hmm. maybe that, and that's a mistake, and you got to perhaps choose a sponsor, but then if the components are way simpler, the business logic is way simpler, maybe in mobile, you don't have as much, you know, as, as much features, maybe it makes sense. Because still, I think from a developer point of view, my development point of view, it will be complicated, right? To have two code bases, perhaps, yes. share share logic in between them, maybe shared packages. I don't know how would you do it exactly, but it uh, feels like a challenge. It, it is. But I, I find it very interesting, you know, it would be very nice to set up a base or the architecture that would allow you to create a um, um, project in which you have the mobile version, the desktop uh, dedicated version, and you can easily work on it, you know, Um, just doing a quick thought about it. Maybe you could even, for example, do uh, a responsive website that separates the CSS to mobile and desktop. And for the mobile version, it only serves the mobile version. And maybe the templates that render the content, it's only mobile template. I mean, this is, for example, something that you can do with AM. You can determine, you can create two different templates. You can use the desktop template to fill up the content. And then when you, when you, when the user arrives to your website, you can determine, okay, is he, are they on uh, mobile or are they on uh, desktop? I'm going to choose one of the two, which is going to send a template with the same content. But rendering different, uh, they're, they're rendering differently. Maybe it's way simpler or whatever. But I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting challenge. And um, but as you say, it's I'm right now. I'm I'm working on on a project that we have, I don't know, ten percent of the code is the same in both projects, and we're struggling. Like, oh, we want to keep it separate. Like, no, we cannot keep it separately because it's just maintain. Duplicate the code and maintaining yeah, uh, two, two yeah. times now. You fix the effect. You fix it twice. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was reading on on it on on Google uh, developers website to see mm. if if that's an anti pattern. I, I thought it was. I thought it was. They would recommend uh, responsive. Uh, but no, it turns out they say it's fine. I mean, you could do that, right? I mean, they do say they have a mobile first indexing. Hmm. So, given a mobile uh, first approach or a mobile uh, view of your website is really important for for Google nowadays. So, so think about that. But they highlight like that you got to be careful with duplicated content and how do you maintain both content. So I think on the SEO perspective, maybe it's a little bit harder to have uh, an M dot something and then a, a main domain, two domains for, for serving similar content or, or, or uh, same thing. So yeah, think about it. Do you need, need ranking? Oof. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> horrible SEO. SEO. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but so sometimes, I mean, it's, it, if it's your main source of income of users, uh, you gotta think about Definitely. it. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's a private site or a dashboard, maybe it's not so important. But uh. you know, the, the one of the way that it, that it feels sometimes when you're doing developing, I think that developing is a form of art in a way. 
I do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when we do web development, we want to do fine art. You want to to do it well, you know. And sometimes doing it well includes removing all the things that Google wants you to add. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I consider myself an artist when I paint it in a perfectly purple color. And I know it's going to be, you know, the perfect RGBA numbers are there and it's going to be sharp. It's going to be nice. No JPEGs, just, you know, yeah, just kidding. Um, yeah, maybe. Sure. I mean, that like, code is poetry that they say. So, so yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Now, um, I would like to, to, to um, when we were discussing about talking about this, this, this uh, topic, one of the things that came into mind is the first time that I found or heard about uh, it wasn't called mobile first, if I'm not mistaken. It was just called responsive design, mm-hmm. and it's an article that came. I'm I'm really surprised now reading it. It's like I just feel so old. Um, Thirteen years ago, May 25th of 2010, the the article is by Ethan Marcotte. Hope that I pronounced the 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 uh, last name well. It's called responsive web design, and it's in in, in a great uh, website which was which is called a list apart. That has a lot of fantastic um, articles, but this one is—he was just explaining. This is the first time I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was, or at least for me, it was the first time that I read something regarding on. Well, you know, you can use uh, the media queries in order to create a—you create your website this one this way, and then when you have um, um, when you go for over this width, you change it. And just like, for example, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's like. When you have um, the CSS for the page, and then the, you have the CSS for the print version, which is something that we don't do uh, very often, but you do have the two CSSs. And the same thing you'd say, you have the CSS for uh, narrow screens, and then you have a CSS for, for wider screens. And I think it was the first article that I ever read. Didn't get to use any of this information until much later, because the websites that I was working on back then weren't um, very responsive. Well, actually not responsive at all. Um, but it was the first time. It was a very interesting read. Uh, I'm going over it a little bit. I'm just seeing things like CSS2, which looks so far away now. Yeah, since the days of CSS2.1, our style sheets have enjoyed... Uh, 2.0, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what we were referring to, CSS2. All right. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. In my case, I don't remember exactly the date, but I remember like uh, for a company I worked for, we had uh, the regular website we did, and it was you know just full desktop. And I remember at some point... We said, oh, hold on, we gotta also try to do this on, on a mobile version, sort of responsive. And then since we already had the desktop side live, we simply went the desktop first approach hmm, and added hmm. media queries to, to you know to fix stuff on, on the smaller devices. But Makes that was sense. like the starting point for the future projects. And then on the future projects, we really started doing mobile first uh, from that point onwards. And yeah, it was it was a good change. I remember the year, but uh, but yeah, quite quite a change. Is there any tips that you would do for people that are doing a mobile first uh, approach? I can give one that I've learned the, not ahead. the hard way, but just when you were saying this, the, the the desktop that you adapted to mobile. Although mobile first is it's a very nice idea that you always write all the styles that you need for mobile and then adapt for the desktop. That is not a hundred percent necessarily the way that you have to go. I've been in many in many in more than one uh, situation where you have to. If you do go mobile first, you would have to overwrite a lot. So you can always, for example, have these exceptions in which, although I always go mobile first, sometimes when I know that if I go mobile first, I, I'm going to have to overwrite a lot of the things for mobile, 
then I, I have a, a breakpoint or media query that says, if it's only mobile, then you add this so that you don't have to overwrite. That would be just like one tip. Yeah, that's cheating. Okay, I'll, uh, that's, that's cheating. I think probably not in those scenarios, probably it's that maybe the designer's fault where they didn't really account for, okay, what I'm going to show in, in the mobile device, a mobile screen, and then what I'm going to show in the desktop is way more boxes, way more menus, way more links. Mm -hmm. But that's also like maybe a mistake on the, on the component, right? Rather than just, you know, reusing what you have, like inventing new stuff for the desktop or, or vice versa. So, so yeah, you end up, okay, I mean, okay, yes, sure. If you save more CSS, I'm with you. Uh, you can do an exception there, uh, approved too. <laughs> And I, and I don't know if there's any tip that you'd like or something that you learned the hard way that you'd like to share before we finish. Uh, I don't know. I remember pull requests, like my pull requests being declined because they were not mobile first. And I and I learned the hard way uh, how to do it. But no, no, I think just, you know, um, yeah, learn, go to MDN, learn what it is, uh, <laughs> use the best and best and best. And that's it. All right. Thumbs up, Chucho. Anything yeah. else? No, no, no. Just I hope that your July or June is not, or August is not as hot. <laughs> it's going to be everywhere in the world, uh, unless you yeah. live in Finland. But, but yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you in the next Fountain Coffee Break. Bye.